Welcome to SKU Talks. We are your one-stop shop for all things e-commerce. While I tend to skew towards Amazon, no pun intended, our guests come from all sorts of professional backgrounds, and I'd like to think there's something in here for everyone. Thanks for joining. All right, all right. I am here with Diane Aylesworth. I almost sounded like Matthew McConaughey. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on today. So Aunt Fanny's uh, Diane, I'd love to give you. I'd love for to give you the chance to go over your background, tell us about Anfani's. Diane and I have got to talk about it a bit. Really great product, very interesting category. I was stoked to record this one. So, Diane, I'll, I'll hand it off to you. Great, thanks, Sam. Happy to be here. Anfani started uh, eight or nine years ago. Uh, founder Matt Franken really had a need within his own home and his own family, um, looking at products that were safe enough for himself and his kids. Um, as they were struggling with some autoimmune issues. Um, And a lot of the natural products out there are maybe eco-friendly or plant-based, but they're not necessarily focused on human um, health and safety. And so there's a lot of immunotriggers and products out there. So developed a full line of cleaning products and we really lean on the tried and true power of nature. Uh, A lot of our products are based in vinegar or baking soda, which we all know for like DIY fixes around the home. So the products are safe as DIY, but we do a lot of the the work to make them uh, more effective and work harder and keep your home clean. So I joined Matt, not right at the beginning, but in the early days and uh, have been working on the business for about six years now as we've watched it grow. Awesome. Yeah, it's funny. Those labels like eco-friendly and plant safe are are made for plants or whatever it is it, it they're always really funny to me because i don't know the regulations on making those claims and then also like poison oak is a plant so yeah not a good one because it's plant-based yeah just because it's plant-based does not mean it's necessarily safe so that's funny but it sounds like you guys have been able to develop and, and sell a, a pretty pretty trustworthy product um yeah so that's great. So when when you stepped in, I know very early on, what were your, I guess, immediate responsibilities and what did you have to, to figure out in the early days? Yeah, I think we were very early stage, like sub a million. And so a lot of it was just putting some processes in place um, instead of being reactionary, really taking learnings from, you know, past roles that I've been in of how do we plan ahead of basic things, forecasting, production planning, so that we weren't always in what did my old boss call it? Like little league soccer mode where everyone chases the ball wherever it goes. Oh my God, <laughs> so, it's my life. Yeah. So <laughs> did you just league, step back so I'm and make, steal that. <laughs> yeah. And you can picture it like when teams oh, just chase each other around trying to solve just the like problem of the, the day. Each other, they don't even know where the ball is. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. That's hilarious. Yeah. So um, making sure that we're solving problems upstream. So yeah, we were. Um, you know, like a lot of businesses, we're, we're working with folks that were willing to work with us when we were early. And so some small warehouses, small co-packers, and really uh, putting the plan together to mature the business, scale the business, all of those sorts of things. So we made lots of big moves in the first couple of years, you know, changing some staffing over as well as the business was growing. Yep. But yeah, fun, fun early awesome. days. Um, I know that um, in our first conversation, um you and i talked about the journey kind of i I forget if you said if you export retail or not but Mm -hmm. um which i've seen it in retail i think that's okay so doing retail trying d to c and then ultimately landing on amazon as being a a main point of focus for you guys what what helped you come to that decision 
Yeah, we had been building the business in what I would say is a traditional CPG path of trying to focus on natural and specialty retailers using, you know, the distributors to reach them, a big broker network. And at the same time, we were parallel pathing with Amazon, as well as some other online retailers, Grove Collaborative, Thrive Market. And we did a we did a channel analysis, you know, channel profitability analysis at the end of 2019. And we were also an 80-20 analysis where we were putting all of our energy into growing brick and mortar. And it was negative on the profitability side. And we were seeing really nice growth on Amazon, Grove, and Thrive. Um, And they were all profitable channels. And so... Grove and Thrive, those are the other two. Yeah. And so it's always a hard decision to pull back on revenue because we built up decent distribution, um, but really felt like, protecting profitability was important, uh, focusing on key growth areas. And so we backed out of primarily the the broader distribution business, kept some direct accounts, and really started to focus on the online business. Our D2C business was fine. It was profitable, but it wasn't growing. And I think a lot of that is just consumer behavior of where they want to buy things, hit shipping minimums. Totally based on the category too, right? Think of things like in there. Yeah. I think our, yeah, our category really, there's not many times where you need four different cleaning items at the same time to hit a shipping minimum. So yep. I think seeing how people were shopping on the other platforms, it made a lot more sense for us to focus on marketplaces. Yeah, that's a totally good point. It's funny, running those profitability analysis and and, and seeing it at the end, it's always really surprising, right? Like I've heard stories where people have heard, have done the exact opposite, where they were selling a lot on Amazon and they were selling in, you know, retail or wherever else, and they thought their Amazon business was crushing it, and then they <laughs> zoomed out and looked at it, and it just wasn't. But more often than not, it's kind of the other way around. But um, it's it's tough because you put a lot of work into one thing, and then for it to not be profitable, it can be tough to let it go, even if you have mm-hmm. sales volume. But the good news is that those things bleed over into Amazon, right? So like, it's never really any wasted dollars or really time because the more, like in this instance, the more of your products are out there, the more the people see them and the more the people are going to look them up and buy them elsewhere. And Amazon has to be just the least friction in terms of actually mm-hmm. driving that sale in the category. So that, I think we looked at it. That's not a sense. And we looked at it as well, I think, you know, we're in this constantly shifting consumer behavior, but I think it used to be people would know a brand really well and then feel comfortable buying it online. And obviously that, that is flipped where we're discovering brands online more than we are in brick and mortar. And we felt that if we could build up our awareness, um, with online, uh, customers and marketplaces that brick and mortar buyers would discover us there as well. It works that way too. Yeah. You're totally We've right. gotten the inbound calls based on Amazon growth. So it's really interesting yep. to see that change versus what it was five years ago. That's so like You're totally right. And my Amazon brain always leads me to think like, yeah, your Rick and mortar presence will help your Amazon sales. But yeah, ultimately, so many products are discovered on Amazon and that in the same way, it's a digital shelf, right? Like I, I love that terminology because it's the same thing, right? And they, they really do help each other out. So I, I totally hear you on that. So what 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 would you say are some roadblocks, I guess, as far as your category is concerned that maybe other categories might not deal with as much? I think one of the challenges and probably a lot of folks that are in CPG versus other durables and such is just 
price point margin and making it work on Amazon, right? Like right, my shorthand. Yeah, my shorthand is kind of like if you're selling under ten dollars, it's not going to happen. Um, right. And we were selling under ten dollars, <laughs> and um, our margin kept getting eroded with a lot of the surcharges and fees that came on Amazon over the course of 21, 22 was kind of that period. And so we, and a lot of folks have done this, I'm not saying anything that's uh, a big <laughs> aha, but really shifting to multi-packs. Um, yep. So all of our items are now available, three packs, six packs. And we contemplated taking singles off because they weren't super profitable, but I think there's still the consumer that's willing to pay thing too right like if they're new to your brand they buy one and the next time they buy the multi-pack right right and we we felt that there was also folks they'd be willing to pay a little more to get just one instead of committing to the three so we we've done some you know pricing strategy in there that that makes sense where they can still do trial but it makes more sense for them to trade up on their next visit so totally yeah so i think that question about that when like it's somebody has a four pack in a one pack or whatever it is and they don't even discount the price it's just 4x the price of the one pack i'm like i'm just gonna buy four of the one you know what <laughs> i'm gonna buy three to prove a point <laughs> to prove a point and make you pay all the fees no i have that yeah. same personal <laughs> reaction too well yeah that's that's great i mean i this category to me is really interesting and i mean the branding of it is so important right like especially for things that have any sort of aroma tied to them it's like just as important as flavor and conveying that to an audience right mm -hmm. it's like a very similar branding strategy it's like you almost have to make it look like it would taste good or at least look really clean <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. and we've always um, we we've always found it really interesting i would have assumed coming into the business like i came from food and bev and you always have your number one skew and your favorite flavor or whatever it is and one of the interesting things with cleaning is that I think people associate different scents with different things. And right. so lemon is probably overall our most popular, but you see variability yep. of like, lavender is more popular for carpet refresher and eucalyptus is really popular for floor. And you're like, why do certain scents work on certain surfaces it, and people's minds? So it's brain, fascinating. Just as you were saying <laughs> it, like I can imagine that I'd rather have my floor smell like, like use eucalyptus. And I'd rather like, it just depends, like depending on what it looks like and like the scent you imagine in your head, there's like an attributed, mm -hmm. that's really weird. I, I, could, I could visualize it as you were saying it. I'm also, Partly because I'm sitting in your Amazon store and your pages right now, so I'm following along <laughs> in real time. Love it. <laughs> One other thing that you and I had talked about that is something that I had experienced uh, in a past life running ads for uh, bug catchers for mosquitoes and fruit flies is, and I know that you guys have a pretty popular fruit fly trap as well, um, is consumer misuse. Right. Mm -hmm. So like in, in the same way, well, I guess it's not quite the same way, but in the way that there's some certain things like with flavors, subjectivity, that's always going to be there. So you do what you can to describe the flavor as best as you can. There's going to be a com consumer misuse component that is going to, if not mitigated, is going to impact your reviews in a really bad way. So how has that impacted you guys? And then what what do you think are like any general how do you guys go about trying to mitigate that? Mm -hmm. 
So for those listening along, we do, we have a fruit fly trap called fly punch and it is specially formulated to attract and trap fruit flies, but fruit flies only. And I think a lot yeah. of consumers see something little flying around their house and assume it's a fruit fly or assume yeah. that a gnat is a fruit fly or assume that the little bugs in their plants are fruit flies, but they're not. Yeah. Um, and so like we had talked about, it's really interesting because we tend to get five-star reviews and one-star reviews. And typically yeah. that means they had fruit flies or they didn't. And so yeah. it's been frustrating and funny along the way. So what we've tried to do to mitigate it, we're not trying to advertise to the other bugs, right? We could get more traffic, but then not right. get people using it the right way. So we very That's specifically advertise just for fruit flies. We have some imagery up on our PDP trying to show the difference between the different bugs. I think that it's very, as a consumer, it's very hard to tell the difference as they're flying around. Totally. And, and I think we still have a challenge there of describing like, and I think we can overcome it. We're gonna we're gonna work on some copy and some imagery that goes along. But like, where are the bugs, right? Like I've had friends go, I that have fruit flies sense. in my house. Help them I'm identify. Like, and did right. you know this where before are they swarming? working in this, or did you have to? Absolutely learn? not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> it's funny. Like you think about the person that's having an annoying little bug problem, to the point where they're like, "All right, I need to go buy this product," and then the product doesn't work. Like, unfortunate in their mind, it doesn't work. Right. Yeah even though it's doing its intended purpose, they just bought the wrong product. Like that's going to be, somebody's just writing an angry review with a mosquito buzzing around their head that their fruit fly trap didn't work. And that's, that's yeah. definitely something that is tough to, it's tough to combat against. But I think honestly, the imagery on your page is like, it tells me pretty clearly, like the, the graphics with the check and the X's, mm -hmm. not fungus snats or drain flies. I didn't know that's what, like, I didn't even know what a drain fly was, but I think you guys do a good job of it, but there's only so much you can do at the end of the day. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the gift and the curse of Amazon is that sometimes people make very quick purchases. Right. Like, are they scrolling through to image number four? Who knows? Yeah, that's, that's always going to be somewhat of an issue. Um, so next thing, which is, I guess, more generally, what do you think if for anybody who does listen, what do you think is the most valuable thing you've learned in, so through selling on Amazon or like what's the biggest thing that you've taken away that has been valuable? I mean, I think this is business in general, right? Know your numbers. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think it's to your point earlier, like they think they're crushing it because the revenue is going up. Um, yeah. and they may have an agency that's spending lots of ad dollars and the, and the yeah. revenue is going up, but there's nothing falling to the bottom line. So I think really understanding all of the costs attached to it and make sure you're pricing accordingly um and i think we've to be honest we found that there's less pricing less price sensitivity on amazon than we had originally assumed right you always have a little bit of a or a lot of fear raising prices yeah um and again being able to do the pricing strategy with different pack sizes i think has worked out really well but that took us a while to get there yeah. um yeah i think knowing those numbers knowing your ad numbers making sure you're just not buying the incremental revenue, but making sure right. that ad sales are turning into organic sales and you're not overspending. And so, I mean, we are in, I don't say that just as a learning, I say it as a practice. We are in the numbers every week, if not yep. every day. Um, yep. Not letting things slip too, too far because everything's moving and changing, I think. And so keeping your pulse on it is really important. Totally. 
100%. And I, I like what you said about the price sensitivity thing, because there are obviously a couple big moving pieces with the competitive landscape on Amazon, right? And one of them is going to be your reviews. Another one's going to be your pricing. And as long as you have the reviews, I, I do think there is a degree of, I don't think, I mean, this is a blanket statement, so nobody else repeat this. But I think there, I, I think people aren't that price sensitive within reason, as long as you have other things going for you. Like if your branding is great, you can bump your product up a couple bucks and people are usually going to see that because there's also a, a, a bit of perceived value that comes along with it. Like if mm -hmm. somebody has a problem and that problem is they need to like clean stains, they have vicious fruit flies in their house, whatever it is, and they see a product that's a couple dollars more with great branding, they want this problem fixed and their perception is that that price gap could get them there. And within an affordable line of products, that difference might be a $3 price increase for you guys, which is in somebody's mind and not the end of the world, it's $3. But to you guys amplified over the volume of your sales, you might've just increased your bottom line by 30% or something like that. Mm -hmm. If you saw the same sales volume. And I don't know if all those numbers are completely accurate, but directionally, like it can make a big difference for a brand. And I think that's why just generally price testing is really important. Mm -hmm. I think that like people get too married to particular pricing. And again, there's, there's other things that go into it if you're selling off Amazon and making sure the pricing makes sense. But um, I think that's a really good point. And, um, one and I think too, so many of us, to. so many of us from an old school perspective, were just taught to very carefully walk price up and it was very hard to sell in a price increase with a retailer still is today. And right. at least on seller central, a lot of pricing but like you can test you can learn you oh, can yeah. move so Just quickly like let's do it yeah. yeah if it doesn't work pull it back um and so yeah. I, like i really enjoy that from uh i don't know it reminds me of like business cases and grad school like yeah. <laughs> do this it changes yeah. like you really get to see the change quickly on amazon which is a lot of fun right. that you don't get um that doesn't happen elsewhere totally um well the last thing i had here was I guess it's kind of general, I'll explain what I mean is if you had to start over launching on Amazon, what would be the first thing you'd do? And what I mean by that is like, I think that some people launch on Amazon and once they get up, they just want to start selling immediately and they put PPC dollars behind it. And they, you know, other people take a lot of time to meticulously craft their product detail pages in their brand store, make sure everything's perfect before they, you know, push the gas. Other people are really dead set on getting reviews in as quickly as possible. And I mean, I guess the correct answer is, you want to do all those things eventually, but yeah. Um, what would you like? What would be your number one priority if it's like a brand new product? You're listed on Amazon, no reviews. Like, what? What? How would you approach that? We do always have the mentality of be opportunity, be opportunistic, and move fast. So part of it's yeah. just like get it on the manifest and get it in, get it into yeah. inventory. Right? Totally. As that's going. We're figuring out the other pieces, but I do think you know you and I talked that the copy that goes over the images is yep. typically more powerful than the written bullet points. Um, and I don't think everybody knows, like, I don't think everyone's aware of that, but just especially yeah. on mobile, that's really important. And so I think nail some good photography, nail your main talking points, get it up there and then continue to refine as you go. And then yep. we do vine to get the reviews going. And then after that, you know, you cross your fingers, you have a great product and you're going to get those five stars. But I also think really important 
read the reviews, right? Like yeah. we learn a lot That's from a our consumers point. and we go back and change copy because like, did we cause confusion? Did we, you know, is something misleading on the package? Do we change the label next? And so I think it's when you're selling in grocery, you never get to talk to your consumers for the most part. And it's, Amazon, yeah, it is point. amazing what people write. Like I cannot believe how excited people get over floor cleaners and write really long reviews. And there's a lot of Let's get you through the day. Save some of your favorite screenshots <laughs> to your desktop. Read it when you're having a tough day. For sure. <laughs> well, Diane, it's been awesome. Um, any last takeaways? Any Anything as far as like where people can find and buy your products? Or if you want to say how they can get into contact with you, feel free, but no pressure. Um, any last pieces before I let you go? Yeah, thanks. Um, all of our items are available on Amazon, obviously. Um, and then for those that haven't discovered Grove Collaborative, Thrive Market, both That's amazing marketplaces for really clean ingredient products for the home. And then we're also available on Chewy. For wholesalers, we're available on Fair. Yeah, and we're build we are going back to the beginning. We are building out some brick and mortar distribution too. So hopefully you'll find Love us it. in a neighborhood near you soon. Love it. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you next time. All right. Thanks, Sam.